Welcome everyone to the Two Tongues Podcast. Consider this your invitation to join Kyle and Chris on a journey through our minds. Where we explore the questions that have fascinated us for as long as we can remember. Could anarchy actually work? Does God exist? And just how did the cosmos get here anyway? Let me be the Virgil to your Dante, the Sacagawea to your Lewis and Clark. Let's take the guided tour through the dark chambers of our unconscious, seeking answers to the most important and unsettled questions of our shared existence. Ready or not, here we go. Wow, now, 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 wow. That's enough of that. Wow, now, now, wow, wow, wow. Apparently not. Nah, man, I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to beatbox that throughout the entire show. I like your shirt, man. Thanks, dude. I got it from my aunt. <laughs> I like it a lot. It's, it's just a, like a baseball cut shirt with three-quarter sleeves. I love it, man. I hate the three-quarter sleeves. You, I don't you have to roll them up. You have to push them up. I don't understand why anybody would want their sleeves to be this length. Mm. I would not. I like this shirt enough to wear it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, I do not understand the three-quarter sleeves. I don't either. Got it from my lesbian aunt. So lesbians. She you wears, go. you know, she wears clothes that I can vibe with. You know, yeah, I get the you. whole lesbian thing. Whole, yeah, because you're also, you're also a lesbian. I'm kind of a lesbian because you can't define a woman. I think that mm. I'm allowed to, if you know, these lines are blurry, is what I'm saying, dude. There, I've been hearing some interesting stuff about the trans issues lately. Yeah, um, I might have been Jordan Peterson talking about it. On his daily wire shit. Yeah, I can't exactly remember. Shit. What he said that statistically. Yeah. Um, according to the statistics. According to the science. The science of, of stat of stats. Uh, there's a certain percentage of people that um, turn out to be homosexual. Like I don't know what is like three percent of the population or something like that. Mm. And um, there's a certain percentage that claim to be transgender. There's a certain percentage of people that t- turn out to be homosexual or transgender that were abused. It's like looking at all this, all the things that you think might affect it. And um, basically what he said is that um, like, there's also obviously a certain number of people that regret um, transitioning, you know? Yeah. Uh, he basically just said that the, that the, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was, I think mm-hmm. it might have, I can't remember if it was gay, if he was talking about gays, lesbians, or both. But he said lesbians. He said that lesbians don't exist anymore. Yeah, there aren't any new lesbians because all of those girls that were lesbians are now trans. Oh, they don't have. They don't see. It's like they they change the whole game. It's not about sexual. It's not about sexual orientation. But if you're confused about sexual orientation, then the answer is not that you're gay. It's that you're trans. Interesting. And it hasn't. It hasn't affected gays. Gay men as much as lesbians, less less gay men transition right yeah. and and think that they're trans. But the point is, if you were LGBTQ, if you're in this if you're in this group, and you see a part of the group getting cannibalized by another part of the group, you imagine there might be some lesbians worried that you know our future, the L part of the LGBTQ is yeah, is is letter. endangered. You know what I mean? I just think that's fucking interesting, it's just man. It's going to be the GBTQs. Yeah. Here in a bit. 
What do you think that is, man? And why why the lesbians more than the more than the gay men? Um, because I actually have theories about this. Surprisingly, <laughs> um, I think that I don't really think that lesbians. I mean, I want to say that they don't exist, to be <laughs> honest with you, but that's obviously not true. That's like, you know, being hype, you know, that's hyperbole and trying to be funny. Yeah. But, I mean, I just think that the amount of, the amount of women who are doing lesbianic things mm-hmm. yep, yep. are doing them out of... Scissoring... Yeah, scissoring, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They call that tribadism. That's like the... uh, Ooh, I learned a new word today. I don't know, the scientific term. When when scientists and doctors talk about scissoring, Scissoring. they say tribadism. Tribadism? Tribadism, tribad... I think it's tribadism. That's pretty cool, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. It makes it sound so scientific. Yeah, that's what makes me think it's stupid. I don't want to interrupt you, but I do want to tell you about another vocabulary word I learned from a Twitter friend. Okay. Muckbanger. Yeah, I mean, that's about eating food. It's a show about yeah. eating food. Yeah, it's like a type of... Never heard that shit in my life. Yeah. I heard banger and mash, and this person's British, so maybe it's British a British yeah, way of saying it? I think it's a, I think it's a Korean thing. Muckbanger? Well, it cut that... I would assume... I've never heard it said like that before. I would assume that a muckbanger is a person who does muckbang videos. See, that's a word I never heard. Yeah. What? I, I think it's I think it's Korean. Um oh. but it, it's these people who go on YouTube and they eat like tons of fucking food. That's like the content. Oh. They eat like a f- is, ton of food. Is it about eating a lot or is it about eating in general? It's not like eating in the way that like Guy Fieri's show is about eating. Yeah. It's about like gorging yourself. That's oh, like I didn't what know it is. that. Yeah. So I'll tell you the context in which I heard it. So I have a acquaintance. I, I don't know if I call her a friend. I you know because I don't know her, but I have an acquaintance who I like on Twitter. Shout out to Joe, who's a physicist. Hey Joe. And uh, hey Joe. You know what? It's weird, and I feel weird now because the picture of Joe looks like a woman. So I assume she, it's a woman, even though is it spelled J O or J O E? J O E. So I honestly can't say, but uh, you know I don't mean any offense. In any case, are um, you Joe Jorgensen? <laughs> in any case. She said, I'm just going to continue with that, that um, she found a, a mukbanger that she likes. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And she said it was a food show, you know, like a food show. I don't know. You know, there's all yeah. different kinds of food shows. But I never heard anybody call food show a mukbanger. So I just, and anytime I learn a new word, I just, I enjoy it. That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, that's like an internet word, you know, that's like I miss a, a lot of internet yeah. words, man, because I... You know, I just not the biggest internet. Guy. I just you know float on the surface of it. You know, I slither on the surface of it. I don't go too deep in that. Yeah. Um. So, what was I talking about? I was talking about lesbians. And oh people. yes. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. okay, you can imagine you're a guy, so you know like the sex drives and urge, especially of young men. Yeah. I feel like guys will have sex. There are def. There's definitely some sub you know some subdivision of men who will will definitely and gladly have sex with other men yep because men are just like hornball like you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah. you understand and i just don't think that women are like that as much yeah i think you're right so um i think that most of the time when you have lesbians they're people and i mean i think that 
like I've seen studies that agree with this, that a lot of times they're women who have had bad things happen to them. Um, but not all the time, you know, but I think a lot of the time. Yeah. And See, have you heard of the term lesbian bed death? No. Yeah, what does yeah. that mean? It means that they, you have these women who get into these relationships and, you know, they start, they don't, they're not like doing anything with each other. They're not, you know, they're just living together. They're like roommates, uh, basically. Do they start off sexy and they just stop, stop it? I, I don't really know. I mean, I would assume so. The reason I say that is because, I mean, it's. May sound insensitive, but it's a strategy that certain women use, which is to lure you in with their wiles, right? Yeah. To lure you, lure you in with the sex, and then, and then, like, like, like a huge, a huge percentage of married men understand the moment, the moment there's no risk of a flight, the sex just winds the fuck down. Yeah. So maybe a lesbian uses that same maybe tactic on a woman, and then I would imagine that the tactics for you know, ensnaring a man is different than that that you would use mm. to ensnare a woman. That's a really interesting topic. But let me ask you something, man. You know how you said that men are hornballs, especially at that age, driven so strongly by those drives, yeah. and women maybe aren't designed quite the same. And you, I mean, I that's completely true, man. You can just see just from the just from the gamete situation yeah. that men produce, you know, millions and millions of sperm constantly until they're ninety years old. Women only have a certain number of eggs. You can see the strategies are different, but there there's a variation in like personality and preferences. So there's some women, sure, some small percentage of women out there, I'm guessing, that have sex drives equal to or greater than the average man. And I have to say, man, I've never met one of them girls. But they got to be out there. Yeah. Have you ever met one of those girls? I've met girls who said that they did. I mean, I, I wasn't having sex with See, these okay. people. Yeah. But so I don't know. So but it could have just been the the the, the, just the honey like the honey on the fly yeah, trap, exactly. or just talk. Yeah. Do they put honey on fly traps? I don't know. Someone don't know. puts honey on a fly trap. I mean, that sounds that's. Like, <laughs> have you ever put butter on a pop tart? Put honey on a fly trap definitely sounds euphemistic to me for some reason. <laughs> Would you like someone to butter your muffin? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that that's my theory is that there are gay shout men. out to Lindsay Lohan. Sorry, go ahead. There are gay men without a doubt. Yeah, I think that gay like lesbians. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't exist, obviously, really, mm. but I think that statistically you probably have fewer of them, to be perfectly yeah. honest with yeah. you. So there's few of them, fewer of them anyway, and then the appeal to identify as trans versus a lesbian is just much greater, I guess, because of the social attention that, that that's getting. Like, if it, Do you think if the trans activism wasn't so uh, prevalent that that would still be the case, that women who would otherwise have been lesbian wouldn't prefer to be trans. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that there's something... I mean, I definitely think that there's something to that that, like, now the trans movement is like... It's almost like they're skimming off, like, the lesbians, you know? They're, yeah. like, stealing them. They are. Um, that's what that's what I'm, I'm picturing. There's got to be some kind of pushback at some point. Like, quit stealing well, there our... Is a, there is a Quit way. stealing our gays, you trans know, people. Huh? You've never heard the word turf. No, this is a new word for me. Let's hear it. See, you're just getting all <laughs> kinds of new words. It's T-E-R-F. It's... Uh, Trans-exclusionary yeah, radical feminist? No, yeah, I haven't yeah. heard of that. No. No, you know, never just, heard It just it. popped in my head as soon as you said yeah, that. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah. That, I mean, there's pushback on it already. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. J.K. Rowling is kind of like that. Dude, that's pretty interesting. I wonder... I wonder... <laughs> we got to get a lesbian and a trans person on this podcast. But you know what? 
I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that either. <laughs> um, so, so I saw this. I saw this picture on Twitter recently. Just somebody popped up in uh, my feed, and um, her. I, I think hers. I think hers, right? Yeah, she's. I think she's got her pronouns in her bio, of course. Um, she said she's all these things, you know, like in her bio, she's all these things, mm-hmm. and like halfway down the list, trans was in there. It wasn't early on the list, which I I like. I think you know the fact that you would put trans first in a list of descripting yourself is probably really bad. It says something really bad about your psychology. For her, it was way down the list, which means there's other shit more important more important to her than that. Um, but the point is, she was trans. She prefers to be called a she. In her picture, it's clear to me she's always been a she. Beautiful girl, long hair, you know, feminine. Just didn't look at, didn't look like I would have expected. No. Oh, okay. I'm I think sorry. it's. I think it's a girl who likes to be called she, and also identifies as trans. And I don't know if that what that means because of when I look at her. Oh, I, see I don't what you're see saying. it. I was confused as hell there for a minute. She's a, she look. It seemed to me. I thought you were saying you were attracted to a trans woman. Is what? I, I, well, I might have been. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. might have been. But you're putting that out on but, the, uh, the but waves. It, it looked to me like she had always been a woman, and she didn't look like somebody who wants to not look like a woman, right? Yeah. But she's calling herself trans and still wants to be called she. And so, what that means to me, the only thing that could possibly mean to me, is that she's uncomfortable being called um, cis. What, well, I don't even know what the word to use. She's uncomfortable being called, you know, a normal uh, heteronormative or whatever they call them. Yeah. So she's so she's saying she's trans, and you know, there's all kinds of real slippery words like queer and stuff. And and what are those uh, other queer. ones? Um, uh, not asexual, but um, ah, shit. There's all so many of them. There's so many slippery words in there that you could I, you could claim to be and still be heteronormative. And that's what I think is happening with this particular person. Okay. She doesn't want to be heteronormative. but So she says she's trans, but it doesn't mean anything. Maybe she's a lesbian. Maybe she only likes girls, but she doesn't want to be called a lesbian. She wants to, be, she wants to identify as trans. Yeah. You know? I just, I just find that fascinating, man. I think that that is kind of like um, indicative of how they, these people who push this kind of ideology, they just want everything to be, like, free and categoryless, you know? Yeah. Like, there's no, I'm a woman who likes other women, so I'm a lesbian. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, I'm a thing, and yeah. I'm attracted to things. I'm pansexual. And yeah, yeah, it's just like, there isn't, there are no borders. There isn't, and I don't mean, like, you know, the border between Mexico and the United States. I mean, like, borders between things you know and that i think kind of is like you know the religious or not religious but like the spiritual uh things that you get into and uh, that i get into too uh, in in some respects it definitely makes it seem like that border like like the the border shouldn't matter you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean um, like if we are all one, if we're all, you know, um, a part of the source, a part of the, the Terminator two substance yeah, yeah. that the borders, the border between me and another person or anything shouldn't really matter that much. Yes. I agree with you. Uh, and in my counter to this is a uh, like symbolic hippie stuff, but I'll just tell you what I think you're right in the sense that borders shouldn't matter because it, we're all one. We're all, in fact, the same substance. We're all God equally and to participate in this oneness. I agree with that, man. However, 
the, a one a oneness, <clears throat> especially when we're talking about that oneness being consciousness, which I like to, I like to use that frame of reference, um, isn't can't be what it is on its own. Consciousness observes experiences, and that's not something that can be done when nothing exists. If 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 all is one, there isn't anything else. There's nothing to know. There's nothing to experience. So dissociation, this is what Bernardo Castro would say, dissociation happens by splitting up that consciousness. That's a border. Splits up itself. It divides itself from itself so that it can look across the border and say, there I am. That's how consciousness is what it is. It experiences itself. And it can't do that without a border. What that border is, I have no idea. I like when Bernardo calls it dissociation because it kind of makes sense. I, I know what he means by that. But in like a... But in like a, when I apply that concept to some ethereal thing like God, I don't know what a border is. I don't know what God is either, but I don't know what a border is. Yeah. But you know what the border between you and the desk is? Yes. What is it? <laughs> well, Bernardo would say it's dissociation. Yeah. What, what, is dis, what is that? It's what makes this seem like not a part of myself. So everything to Bernardo, everything is mind. So there is no difference. But we have a pretend difference called dissociation that allows me to look and see something as not a part of myself, to touch it and not feel it as a part of myself, to experience it as something apart from me, even though in reality it's not. And that may lose people. People may be like fucking turning this episode off right now. But uh, it's really it's really down to earth, man. And he says, Bernardo says, like, look, every time you lost your keys, you had a dissociation that happened. Uh, you ever recover a memory? You're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking, like, what is that fucking word I can't think of? Boom, it dawns on you. What just happened? You reassociated a lost, a, a previously <coughs> dissociated memory. So when I say lost, I mean it's it went into the unconscious, sunk into the depths of fucking nowhere. Who knows what that means? And then you pulled, you pulled it up magically by thinking hard and reassociated this memory. That, that's a really simple thing. You lost your keys, you remember where you put them. That's a reassociation. We experience that shit all the time. You know? Yeah. So there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's definitely something about that that does make sense to me um, in a weird way because it's not like the clearest thing in the world. No. You know? Um, but there is something about it that seems like it makes sense. Um, but also, I just don't, I don't know. Like, um, I just don't know what I think about it, you know? Yeah. That's a... That... I don't like that idea. Um, I feel like that kind of... We need to apply that borderless theory to everything. Um, I think that that leads to problems, you oh, know? Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, we can talk about what problems, like practical problems that... I mean, there's there's no end of the list of things we can yeah. talk about, but I, I get, think go ahead. I'm if, sorry. If you go back to my example of God, which is a pie in the sky, but if you go back to that example and you assume that that uh, I lost my train of thought, yeah. something about dissociation at that level being um, necessary for reality, right? God has to be able to experience Himself, and sure. I, I think I think of that process as what what the material cosmos and reality is. So reality doesn't exist without the dissociation. And then you, uh, damn it. I lost it. I was going somewhere with that. Yeah. Maybe it'll come back to me. Maybe it will. Um, I don't know, man. 
Like I when I say like there's a problem with applying borderlessness to to like too many things. Again, I'm not like talking about necessarily immigration or anything like that. Although I do think that like border uh I, I like country immigrant, you know, what's I I, I I just can't think of the right way to phrase this at all. Um but I don't know, immigration between countries I do feel like is a um a manifestation of this kind of there are no borders you yep. know like yeah. it's, li- you know, sure. it's like there's no reason to check anything we just let them in let yep. people move freely um and I, I but it's not just that kind of stuff it's not just no geographic location so, it's th- all this gender stuff that is the getting rid of borders see so that's a great that's a great point so it's like this if this reminds me of all that postmodern stuff we did last year on the podcast when uh, mm-hmm. we talked. I talked about Derrida and Foucault and um, all that. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Deleuze, yeah, Deleuze. Uh, because oh, they Giles. they talked about this and the way that they framed it was that novelty, something new, is the most important goal for human beings and maybe for everything, maybe for the cosmos. That because like you can see that happening with evolution, like something new is always being created. Um, you know, the tectonic plates are always moving around, so the earth is always changing. The you know, the stars are being born and the cosmos is spreading out and things are always changing. And so um man, I get I get going sometimes and then I just <laughs> fucking I just you, do. I don't know where else. You where, like elaborate too much too on much, something. Way and too then much. You're like, oh, fuck, uh, what I like I to. I like to elaborate though. I so. do too. Yeah. Just I feel like it. the muse comes into me and I have to just speak it. Yeah, man. Um, just gotta borderless. I was th- I was talking about meaning because you brought it up in the context of gender, but any word. Mm. So these these postmodernists would say, oh, if a word has a definition that's hard and fast, then it it eliminates your ability to be creative with the concept. Like you can't have anything new out of it because it's too rigid. So you have to break all that down, and that includes all your preconceived, um, you know, ideas and all the th- rules of society, all the stuff that would hold you back from doing something new. And you can see why that might be important, like developing technology or something like that might be actually important. Those guys took it too far. They're like, it, it, no, we could do this with everything. Mm. And if we start thinking about words, and this goes back to the transgender thing, if a word has a pretty hard and fast meaning. And we so as a society, we all agree on the basic meaning of the word. And somebody comes and says, oh, no, we're going to take the borders off of this word. And the meaning just just evaporates like a ghost. It's like the word can mean more than you're pretending it means or it means something different altogether or it doesn't at all mean the thing you thought it meant. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start fucking with the meaning of words, we can't even communicate anymore. Yeah, we can't even communicate anymore. That is a, there is no possible way in my fucking mind that anybody could disagree that if we lost agreement about the meaning of words, that wouldn't be a terrible thing for humanity. Not good. Seems bad. But we're doing it now with the transgender um, debate and, and. Yeah. I think that um, a lot of the controlling of words and things like that, it's, um, they'll take a word and they'll destroy it, you know? And what they do when they do that on some level is to chip away at the thing that the word represents. You know what I mean? Because all of this stuff with, like, women, um, if we are, like, chipping away at what it means to be a woman, on some level we're chipping away at women. You know, like, um, if, if, if anybody can be a woman, 
that basically means that women don't exist. It's not even, you know, it's like a pretend thing. Yeah. Um, I can't help but see these trends, women as like Trojan horse, like the patriarchy that they hate so bad is creeping into their structure in a Trojan horse called transgenderism. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're getting in there and they're dudes. And they're like, we're the best women of all you fucking women. And we're dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird, man. Yeah. It's and the women, the women don't seem to have a problem with it. They're just sitting back. Like, I don't, maybe they're afraid like, like everybody else to, to say anything because yeah. of how, how, you know, yeah, divisive it is. I think that's a huge part of it. I also think that a lot of them do support. I think that women tend to be more, like open, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Accepting. True. Unless, what is the word Jordan uses um, to like to mean confrontational? Uh, agreeable. Less agreeable, yeah. yes, yes. Well, they're more agreeable, women, yeah, yeah. generally, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I've, if you look at, uh, you know, they'll show you the map of the United States and they'll be like, you know, if men only voted, everything would be Republican. <laughs> Um, and if women only voted, everything would be Democrat. Mm. If it's both, it's like, you know, it seems like Democrat wins out more, but mm. there's, you know, there's both of them. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I think, I think political philosophy aligns, um, aligns with uh, personality types uh, pretty, pretty clearly. And because personality divides pretty evenly along gender lines, sexual lines, uh, not, I don't know even what, know what word, see what I mean? I don't even know which <laughs> word to use to mean what I mean, because yeah. you fucking assholes keep changing the meanings of things. Oh, I don't know, man. Yeah. You know what day it is? It's uh, 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. It's Osama bin Laden's birthday. Oh, boy. Osama bin Laden's birthday. <laughs> oh, God. I saw I was I was on the watching the news this morning and they they had this fighter pilot this uh, uh this woman from like the DC area that was uh that was dispatched to um intercept the flight 93. Okay. It was going to the Pentagon, was it? Or was it I can't remember. That That's was the, the one, one that, that got crashed, crashed in, in PA. Pennsylvania. Yeah, wherever it was going. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, the, I don't think they know where it was going. I okay. think there's like, you know, people think it was going to the White House. Yeah, well the story the story says that the the people in the plane forced it to crash. I don't know how that they did that, but that, that's the story. Um, but had they not done that, this woman on the news was one of the one of the planes that was supposed to be intercepting the the uh, airliner and forcing it to crash. But here's the thing. Two scary things. First one is they didn't have time to arm her F-16. Jeez. So the she only way the only way they could send her there to do this job in time was to send her without weapons. So, first of all, that's fucking fucked up. Secondly, why do we have F-16s without What's the bombs point? and gun? And what, what what are they doing there? Yeah. If some, if the shit hits the fan, we're going to have to be like, give us two days to arm up our, our shit? That does not sound right. Yeah. I can understand maybe having some that don't, but having like one of those motherfuckers all gunned up is probably a good <laughs> idea, you know? Just the, the attack F-16. Yeah, man. So there was two F-16s that they were going to send up. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know what their plan was. The guy on the news said, you know, like, you were going to ram it? Like, yeah, like a car? Oh, my God. They're going to feel the uh, the Japanese spirit. <laughs> the 
thing is, man, the F-16s are a lot smaller than uh, one of those airliners. Yeah. So you'd imagine these two F-16s would be basically fly up to the airplane, and maybe they would like start leaning on the wings or oh. the or the nose. You know, maybe they'd be doing something like that. I don't know. But that that she even said like, we're not trained to do that. Yeah. That was just our only option. It's like we we value our soldiers. We don't send them on suicide missions, so we don't. We, Sounds we, like you do. We didn't practice this. They had yeah. no idea what they were going to do. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Um, I don't know about a lot of the nine eleven stuff, man. Yeah, a lot of it is confusing. Did you listen to Tim Dillon on Rogan recently? No. Oh, you got to listen to those, man. Tim Dillon's the fucking best. Um, but he was talking to Joe about 9-11, and Joe was, like, I don't know. I don't know how old the Joe Rogan podcast is, but you go back to the early episodes, and Joe would not have been responding to 9-11 rumors this way. He would have been, like, into it. Oh, yeah. He was just, like, shutting it down. And I don't think that you can shut it down that easily. I think that there's a lot of weird shit about 9-11. Yeah. A lot of unanswered questions. Um yeah, yeah. The con- the connections just between uh, Osama bin Laden's family and oh, uh, was George Bush absolutely yeah. like that. That's weird, man. Yeah, there's a lot of connect like business connections yeah. between the bin Ladens and the Bushes. Yeah, money is the devil, man. Yeah, it's also awesome. It is pretty awesome. I got a ticket by a camera the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know it. I got it in the mail. It ruined my afternoon. That sucks. I, I first of all, I thought those cameras were illegal. I didn't think they were allowed. I think if you fight it, you'll probably get out of it. You think? I think so, yeah. Then I have to go to court. Fuck that, yeah, yeah. man. So I got this. It's over here, man. I got a picture and a video. They tell me I'm speeding. You're a felon. Yeah, those bastards. And I was I was there for work. I was traveling. It was, you know, I had no business being in this city. I was there for work uh, for a meeting. Yeah, that's really annoying. I also got in the mail. I've never gotten one of those before. Um, I had got, I think I got one once before. Back when they, they were, when they first put them up, they were everywhere. Yeah. Downtown, downtown Columbus, they were everywhere. Fucking robots, man. Robots. Um, listen, man, I definitely wasn't putting anybody at risk uh, with yeah. with speeding. Uh, like I was, it says I was ten miles over the limit. I don't know if I was or not. It just doesn't it doesn't seem likely that I would have been. But I don't know that place. I don't. I probably didn't know what the speed limit was. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I do feel like there's segments of various children's cartoons, like, uh, or not cartoons necessarily, but children's programs where they go to the mailbox, like Blue's Clues, or, yeah. like, I don't know if um, Pee Wee Herman did that, or P- Mr. Rogers, yeah. But I did I did get another Scientology thing in the mail. Oh, yeah? Continued, well, Linda continues to get the Scientology things in the mail. This one's not as cool as the as the ones uh, we got before, but, but there is apparently a, there's apparently a Scientology building down in Columbus. Oh. But Pretty cool. Yeah. Go get your uh, your Thetans examined. Yeah, this is always the best part. They always put this fold out, which is like a long... The e- ultimate truth. <laughs> the longer excerpt from one of L. Ron Hubbard's books or whatever. Um, we don't have to obviously read it, but it's it's pretty hilarious. You know what the L stands for? N- no. Leonardo. <clears throat> is that right? No. Not at all. Luc- I have no idea. Lucifer. Lucifer? Mm-hmm. Lucifer Ron Hubbard. <laughs> <laughs> so in the middle it says, the ultimate freedom depends on knowing the ultimate truth. Truth is not what people say it is. It is what it is. That's true. That's what it says. So it how, is what how, it is. How could you not be a Scientologist on the basis of it is what it is? 
It's true. It's like some uh, old-timey. Some old-timey mystical wisdom from, from, <laughs> from oh, Lucifer, from Ronald, Lucifer Hubbard. Ronald Hubbard. Uh, it's not Ronald. It's Ron. Yeah, yeah. Forgive be, me. Excuse be, me. Be respectful. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, I wish I knew a Scientologist. Yeah. Um, there's like a lot of them, but I think they're all. You know any of in them in California? I think yep. they're. All, I think they all live in California. Well, apparently there's one in Ohio. It's got to be some here. Yeah, that's true. But they all are from California. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, whatever planet they came from, they they dropped them off in California. That's where they all reside. I just um, had this weird optical illusion thing where the the cap of the water bottle looked like there was light shining out of the top of it. Did you take any psychedelic substances? No, I did not. No. Um, well, my stomach hurt like I ate a bag of mushrooms, man. Yeah. We don't have to talk about that. That's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've like I said, I've never gotten a ticket from a camera like that, but I have definitely gone through red lights and stuff like that and been like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get one. <laughs> yeah. And I never have, so. That's because they can't find you when you're off the grid, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wish I was off the grid. Be like a... I don't know, like a hermit or something. It can be done. It's just not. Yeah. It's just not a fun. It's not a fun life, man. Yeah, no, I. Uh, like, but I could be if you had like a lot of money. If you had a lot of money, and then you just like built the infrastructure to live really awesome life off the grid. You think it could be good? Fuck yeah, dude! Have you seen those? Have you seen those videos of those dudes in the Amazon that build like these crazy houses out of? They just dig it out of the out of the clay mud. Yeah, I've seen some stuff like that. Like, can you imagine just having like a whole system of tree houses and dug out fucking little oasises in the middle of nowhere? And just if imagine if you had all your if you had all your food resources, you know, that you needed. Yeah. You didn't have to like you just do what you wanted to do and you didn't have to fucking listen to anybody or or you know, you just you had perfect freedom. I don't know, man, how long that would be good, but if you had good people with you, you could probably just make that work, I bet. Yeah, I think if you had good people with you, you probably could for a while, yeah. for a good long while. Can you imagine how dis- how terrible, like, if you had a co- really small community, you were living with, like, 12 people, and, like, one couple had a terrible breakup in that 12-person community? How disruptive that would be to everybody's life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But you're a lot less likely to do that, to, like... Probably so, yeah. You know? But... People will be cheating on people if you only live with 12 people. People will be cheating. They you do. think even in the, if there's only 12 people, they're still going to be cheating? That's a good goddamn question. The social pressure in that situation. It's a small group, man. It's a small group. You would think, think twice about it, I bet. It's like people in today's world will think that they can cheat. and Because, like, there's so many people and you can just, like... You know, go to a bar on the other side of town and, like, hook up with some person. And, you know, chances are your partner's never going to find out, but they do still sometimes. Yeah, they do. And yeah. that's with, like, all these people. So do if there's you, only 12. Do you remember when my when my first wife was cheating on me and the way we found out? Yeah. Did some internet sleuthing. Yeah. So, well, that's a good question. I just sort of thought that you stumbled on No, that. we didn't. It, yeah, that is, that is 100% how it happened. See, isn't, but that, it just isn't seemed, that crazy? Yeah, yeah. It was like, a, I remember it. Uh, Matt was just, oh, that's right. Because the party that they went to, the party that they were, the, the people who had that party, their house, 
uh, they were friends of Max, so and they didn't know that. Let's give a let's give a little background for the audience here. So, so uh, when I was married the first time, my wife, um, she was in uh, school, and she was and she was always gone. She was always gone, and uh, she was ultimately a bad person. But um, I get a phone call out of the blue from Kyle, and he's like, "You got to come. You got to come here, man." And I was like, and he, "You sounded." sullen you know maybe you were behind behind the sullenness you were cheerful all things considered um yeah i mean i wasn't cheerful i knew you were gonna be fucked up about it you yeah, know so yeah. that I wasn't happy about that but i knew that she sucked i mean you know yeah in a city in a city of you know whatever it is half a million people or three hundred thousand people or whatever um Kyle just happened to see on Facebook a picture of my wife sitting on some other dude's lap at a party and like, you know, holding hands and all that nonsense. And then he has to, he has to (laughs) make the call to me and he didn't want to tell me over the phone. Right. He's like, you got to come see this. Well, I think you needed to see it. Yeah. 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 So keep, keep, that's just all the background that we needed. And more, more background is, so this guy took your wife to Mm -hmm. a party, um, and the people who invited him to that party were like good friends of Matt's. Yep. Um, we had been to a bunch of parties over at their house. I had gotten drunk and made an made an ass out of myself at their house. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like we've been there a bunch. So uh, Matt was like scrolling through Facebook and he saw uh, a you know like they post pictures from these parties all the time, and he saw I was like, what the fuck? And he called me in. Oh, I remember God. I was in my bedroom. And he would like yelled for me to come into the bed. He was like, "Get out of here!" <laughs> um, yeah, that was crazy. Oh, and then, he, like, and then he made you call me. No, I was like, oh. "We need to tell Chris." Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long did that? How long did you guys debate that before you? Not long at all. Yeah. I knew that you needed to know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's not like something that you keep secret from someone. Yep. Well, and I, I think that if you had, okay, let's say that. I'm not saying that there's only 12 people, period, like on an island or something. But if you've got a close-knit community and you find out that your significant other is cheating with one of those people and other people knew it and they didn't say anything to you, those people don't care about you. Yeah. And you should go find a, a different group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that's fucked up. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, I'm glad you did. Uh, I remember I remember driving over and, uh, see, and seeing those pictures and... Uh, and I knew that it was over, but I didn't. I didn't have like sufficient evidence to, based on those pictures, that there was anything like over the line going on. Even though clearly what? there was. Well, you know, it's like the, I didn't see a picture of them having sex or, yeah, or yeah. kissing, right? So it's like um, I had plausible deniability or whatever. But it was just, it was just, uh, you know, like I need, needed to confront her. I don't agree with that. And I'm just telling you in my mind. Okay. Like I knew, oh, okay. I knew, I, I knew it was over, but I didn't have hard evidence that it crossed the line. No, see, I don't agree with that. I, I like full out. I would have, I would have, just because of the because of the type of person I was. If if she at that point in my life had she been like te- teasing with this idea of of uh, going off with this dude, but hadn't slept with him, I would have I would have just kept the family together. I would have just dealt with it. So in my mind, I'm like, well, I need to figure out what happened. And she continued to lie to me about that, even even past that. She continued to deny it, yeah. which is weird because she didn't want anything to do with me ultimately. You know, why? Like, why the fuck did she do Change. that? Change. 
you know? Yes, I guess. Like everything, it's like uh, you have every every now and then you have one of those moments that just like yanks the rug out from under your feet, mm-hmm. and it sucks. Yep. Um. So yeah, I can see not wanting that to happen. <laughs> Even if you're, like, not happy with your circumstances being, like, I just don't want to, like, turn everything upside down. Yeah, you know how you know how fucking weird that whole situation was? Is that even after that, and even after she moved out, because she moved out, she went, she moved out to live with her, back with her parents. Um, when that happened, she still, like, monitored me. Yeah. You know, she, like, she would come over in the middle of the night. And the one time she came over in the middle of the night, she got a she got a different kind of surprise, because I got my vengeance. I, I don't know if I'd call it vengeance, but point is I didn't I didn't sit around for months and months and months and allow her to. She was already already pregnant by that dude. No like, shit. Oh yeah, that's what that's what caused her, that's what slowed our divorce down. We couldn't get divorced while she was pregnant. Damn. So all that stuff happened, and um, like she. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, man. Um, the point is, I I didn't wait around uh, like an idiot. Um, I moved on with my life, and she came over one of those nights in the middle of the night, and she found out about it. And that was, you know, like in retrospect, kind of a I want to call it kind of a glorious moment for me. Um, yeah, because it was like she got her comeuppance, and it wasn't something I did. Like I wasn't trying to shove it in her face. She she she, she came in. It. Yeah, she came in and learned a lesson that yeah. she didn't have all the power in the relationship, and that I wasn't you know a little bitch. So that's hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. She was a uh, she was a special kind of crazy. Yep, um, she was a special kind of. See you next Tuesday. Yes, indeed. Um, I was gonna say something and I forget what it was. Damn, it was just like a addendum to the story. Oh shit! But I can't remember it. Well, you know, you know what's funny is like you and Matt always knew, uh, and my sister, by the way, and my mom, and everybody, everybody fucking knew that that was not the girl for me, and that uh, you yeah. know I was making a I was making a big mistake and all that. Um, but you guys must have been, you know. When that all finally came crashing down, you must have been very happy for me, you know. I yeah, I mean, even well, before even before a, I could be happy for myself. You, you went know? through a dark time. Dark. You remember that? that? So I wasn't like necessarily happy for you, um, but I had a feeling that it was a good, that, that, you know, in the long run that that was going to be better. Yeah, you know, and I was right. So I did have a dark and you, time. You, yeah, you did, but. <laughs> You deserved. Uh, you deserved to to know to not. You know. Yeah. I feel like it could have been a darker time. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? you, you did me, you did me a huge favor, man. Yeah. Huge favor. What happens if that dragged on five more years? That would have been. I mean, like I was just barely young enough to to have a new start. If yeah. it would have been five years deeper, uh, who knows what what I would have? I mean, I my options would have been limited, man. Sure. Yep. So. Yeah, you got out of that. And, you know, so I, like I said, I just feel like the dark time that you did go through was, it was bad, but not that bad, you know? It yeah. Was, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty like generally optimistic person. Uh, I see, like to see the, the bright side of things and be hopeful and optimistic. So that went away, but I wasn't like ever suicidal. I wasn't ever like, I was depressed, yeah. But it was never like extreme. But I will say, I spent like months and months and months um, in my little basement with no windows. I just work, and I would just go home and watch uh, Lost. I watched every episode of Lost from beginning to end, 
uh, that's how long I was I was depressed. The whole fucking the whole eighteen seasons of that show or whatever it was. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I did that with The Office. Like I, I didn't watch The Office. Like everybody had seen it. You know, yeah, but yeah. I, I watched it super late. But the, I was like in the midst of a, a, you know, a shitty depression, and I just watched like the entire in like, like a week, like uh, the entire series <laughs> of The Office. Nice. That's a good one. Which is a good one. Yeah, yeah it's I mean. a good one to do that too. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know either. Um. I was also late to The Office. I started watching it. It was still on the air when I started watching it. You were late to it, and you watched it way before I did. Yeah, I know, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. But And Lost was the same way, obviously. It was, you know, it, it was like a phenomenon for a while, and it was like already yesterday's news by a mile before I started watching it. <laughs> yeah. I never watched Lost. I never got into that show. Started watching that Mike, Mike Tyson's show on Hulu. It's just yeah. called Mike. It's fucking awesome. It's awesome, man. I'm really, really enjoying that show. Mike Tyson. Yeah. He's a he's a pretty interesting guy. He's um makes you know like the guy that he is now makes you wonder about the stuff that he got in trouble for and went to prison for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um because he seems I mean, he seems a little crazy, don't get me wrong. He's yeah. Mike Tyson. There's yeah. a little like tinge oh, of Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he seems like a pretty well-composed guy for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Except when he's beating the shit out of that dude on the plane, but that dude deserved it. Oh, I didn't see that. What happened? Oh, you didn't see that? Mike Tyson yeah. beat up a he dude like on a plane? He, like, slapped some dude around, yeah. Oh, shit. What the guy... Um, what for? Was, uh, I forget. He was just being obnoxious. Uh, I can't remember the details fuck, of it. Can you imagine? Yeah, dude. Mike Tyson just starts smacking you. I. You know what, though? I think p- more people need to be smacked. P- people do not obey social rules anymore, and we're suffering for it, man. Yeah, too we many assholes. the other day. Yeah, too many assholes that don't care. Yeah. Like, those... All those... Like the people that stand, like oh, I'm just thinking of activism though. But the people that stand in the middle of the freeway, or the oh, people, yeah. or the people that chant over a speech, it's like you asshole. You have no couth, you know. Yeah. Have your own event, you know. Don't ruin somebody else's. You fucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give me that look. I don't know. I mean, it's about respect. People don't respect each other anymore. You you can be enemies and have respect, and you should. But people yeah. people aren't honorable anymore. So nobody has respect for them, and that's a problem. We yeah. should we should have respect for our enemies, and we should be honorable. Should you have respect for your enemies if your enemies don't have respect for you, though? That's the problem. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. That's the problem. Yeah. And that's... It, it was one half of the population that that became a bunch of babies that started doing that, and the whole thing is falling apart like Jenga. Yeah. I mean. I definitely agree with you that it's better if you don't do that. But if you are in a position where someone is doing that to you and you're like, well, I'm going to continue to respect them, you're going to lose. Yeah, that's true. You're, you're going to lose. That's the problem, man. Yeah. It's in the Geneva Convention, it's Kyle. The- <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you think about it. It's like we have rules of war, like rule about how we treat POWs and all this sort of thing. That's the reason so that we have we have guidelines for respect and behavior so that we're not going to do these terrible things to you and you don't do the, those terrible things to us and we can but besides those things we can do whatever we want we shake hands on it and that's fine but that went out the window yeah you know now we cancel each other now we cancel each other <laughs> and we, we don't talk to each other anymore yeah it's a, it's a sad world I'll tell you what, man. I found out one of my uh, one of my peeps on Twitter that I quite like, quite like, and I agree with like most of the shit he says. I've mentioned him before uh, on the podcast. Shout out to to at Bug Rib. Uh, I found out that he's uh, politically um, very different from me. 
you know? And it doesn't make me think, it doesn't diminish all of the stuff that I agree with him on. And the reason, and it doesn't diminish the fact that I like the guy, you know, yeah. I still like him, yeah. but that is, is <coughs> what I just described is an, an endangered species today. The moment you find out somebody doesn't share your politics, it's like they're a bad person. Yeah. You don't, you, you don't, you can't like them anymore. You know? Yeah. I definitely think that's more prevalent now than it was back when we were kids and things like that. Yeah. I don't think it's as prevalent as people want you to think it is, though. I think that there are a lot of people who are more... I, don't, I think that there are more people who are like us than we are being led to believe. I know? hope so. The people who just, like, wish that those people would shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like... When I say those people, I mean, like, the, the hyper partisan like it's far left people that's yeah. like just shut the fuck up yep. you know like maybe i'm a democrat maybe i'm a republican um but i'm not gonna like hate people because they just you know yeah um i think that there are more people like that it, it than we it, think there are it makes me think of this uh this memory of being in a movie theater and having um a group of it was a group of young black girls that were being real noisy and um laughing obnoxiously and, surprise surprise and, and everybody was like uh i assume everybody was mad because i was mad i couldn't hear i couldn't hear it you know yeah. i was young too i wasn't like a curmudgeonly old man i was a teenager just like they were yeah and i'm Trying just to like, enjoy a fucking movie shut the fuck up yeah um that that's what it reminds me of it's like no regard for other people's uh like i don't know what other people's what but if you respected them you wouldn't do that it's lack of respect for other human beings. It's lack of value on other human beings. You're only concerned about yourself. And you kind of expect that from kids, you know? And they have to learn their lesson. They have to learn not to be that way. Somebody's got to spank their asses and tell them you can't do that. But some people never grow out of that. Mm. I, I, never mind. I'm, I'm yeah. going to hold my tongue. I'm going to hold my tongue. But I know a few of them sure. well, you know? Yeah. It's despicable. Yeah. If you're an adult and you only care about yourself, you're despicable. You failed. You fa fucking failed. You know? If you don't learn to be sac self-sacrificial, that's where the meaning in life comes from. You exist for someone else. And people get that twisted uh, on the left because they want to live for, not for someone else, but for an idea. And mm -hmm. that's that's weird. It's it's like something that is is good, but it's twisted. Because it's not, it's, you're not, you're laying down your life not for a human being, not for, not for, you know, a person, but for an ideal, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. People sacrifice their identity to it. And that is fucking weird to me. People lay down their identity, say, I'm not a human being. I'm not an individual anymore. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, an activist. I'm a LGBTQ. I'm a something, right? You exchange your identity for this. I don't even know what. Yeah. You know, if you're sacrificing what makes you you and you're in, replacing it with this nonsense, you know? Yeah. But, you, you know, I don't want to be one-sided because I can see the patriotism that we saw during 9-11 when we were teenagers the same way. 9-11. Kids were willing to Apropos. lay down their lives yeah. and their identities to become military machine killers, right? Yeah. For what? For for America, you know, it's like, ooh, for your family, yes. Lay down your life for your family. But for America with a capital A, I don't know, man. Yeah. So I think that um, the idea that this new kind of progressive liberalism 
is a, a religion that we've talked about a lot. Yep. I think that it is like a religion in that in that these people accept something as a truth and then like everything has to comport to that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. Um, yes. And they do it. You said that they like buy into it. Um, what did you say? That um, they don't know like what they're going to get out of it, mm. you know, but what they get out of it is like uh, they're just like saved. They're like accepted. They're a part of the good crowd. You know wow. What I mean? Yeah, that's an interesting. But way I, of putting... see, the thing about that is like I don't necessarily feel that way about religion anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't think that it is blindly accepting something for a lot of, you know. For a lot, for some people it is. For some people, it's like there's not much behind it, you know. Yeah. But for other people, that's not what it is. It's not a blind acceptance. There's like, just because I don't have evidence that I can show you doesn't mean that I haven't had things that convince me. You know what right. I mean? You think it's? Do you think it starts as blind acceptance? Maybe. Yeah, maybe kind of. Maybe kind of does. I don't know. I don't think so all the time. Sometimes I think that you have to like see. Maybe, yeah, no, I think sometimes you do just see and that makes you want to start, you know, I don't know, fulfilling things that make it more likely that you, you know, you're on that wavelength. Um, But I do think that sometimes it can start as just maybe um, blindly accepting something. Yeah. I think it does. uh, I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a proverb that comes to mind which i can't remember it precisely but it's something like the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step mm. and sometimes blindly following is the first step you know yeah i guess I, I mean i can see i think that there are a lot of people who are following blindly who never stop following blindly yes uh, you know and, but i think that there are some people who may start following blindly and then they have some kind of a revelation you know what i mean yeah let me ask you this question, man. Let's say you're an artist and you love to paint and that's really all you want to do. And that's your artistic expression. That's the joy in your life. That's all you want to do. Um, and you kind of rely on the culture to follow blindly. Like everything else, I'm going to focus on painting. Everything else, I'm just going to follow blindly the culture. I'm going to, I don't have room in my head to think about politics. I'm going to focus on painting and I'm just going to vote Democrat because they're the, they're the nice ones. I heard yeah. that one time. They're the nice I ones. I heard that one time. Um, that kind of thing. It's like a, it's like a, an efficiency thing, I think. And because society did a pretty good job of, uh, up until now, of working out all the kinks, you know, like our society works pretty well, you know? It's like we can just trust it. Um, and I think that everybody probably does some of that. We, there's certain things we want to focus on, and other things we just sort of put on autopilot. And we let, we let the cultural norms kind of drive that part of our lives. I don't know if that's good, but I don't know if it's possible to take control of all of it. Like you wouldn't have no time to, to eat, you know. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I, I think sometimes. What am I trying to say? I think that when I am more paying attention, I feel like more depressed. Like I feel like, uh, like it's just ne- it's never good. You know what I mean? When you, when you say paying attention, you mean what particular in particular? Paying attention to what? Um, like 
culture, you know, mm. like news. Mm. Like, I, I mean, I just don't, I'm not like keeping up with it. You know what I mean? Um, I, when I, I don't know, the thing that makes me depressed more is like following along with current events. Yeah. Know, politics, things like that. Um, culture, it does. I think that there's a lot of like really negative aspects of our culture currently. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm not like a, a super like hip guy, you know, I'm not like no. keeping up with the culture. But I don't know that's, I don't know that that's bad anymore because when I watch the news, like my, so my daughter gets highlights magazines in the mail. You remember highlights magazine? Really. It's like a kid's magazine. Okay. And uh, there's always like games and stuff in there. And you know, I think what are they called ad libs uh, I can't remember what they're called but you just fill in it gets yeah. like put a noun an adjective and then you read the whole story and it's hilarious funny, right yeah. yeah I think that's what the news is like ad libs what I mean is when you're choosing words right they're taking real things that are happening and everything else is made up you know it's like when I read the news I hear a narrative it's yeah. a story and it's the worst story I ever heard in my life and the only reason we read it is because there's little nuggets of true things in it. But I have to find I have to find them. I have to determine what they are. The rest of it is this crazy, terrible, week-by-week week serial story. It's terrible. Yeah. You know? It's the worst fucking narrative. It, you know, it's not entertaining. It's about Amber Heard taking a shit on someone's bed. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was always that way. But it seems that's what how it seems now. The, the, the top stories, you know, of the day... Are are the craziest ad lib nonsense? Yeah, yeah. They uh, they definitely, especially with um, like headlines. You know, they'll paint you a picture of something completely different that than actually happened. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Um, that that kind of stuff is crazy because so so many people just read headlines. Yeah, guilty, <laughs> guilty. <laughs> I do it too, buddy. I try not to, though. I try not to just look at... I just don't look at all, you know? Um, so we were talking about... So Okay, so I'll just let the audience know. Kyle and I, um, for a long time doing this podcast, we've been kind of getting together once a week, and we talk about whatever because we haven't seen each other in a week. We can we can fill a podcast with shit to talk about. But uh, this week, we hung out a couple days ago, so we did a bunch of talking, you know, already. Yeah. One of the things we talked about that was that obviously we didn't record was about... How society polices um, yeah. behavior, and how and how it's more effective than the legal system and the penal system. For sure. Right? So let, let, I just wanted to bring this up and see if we we can get anything out of it. the The idea that uh, there's all these problems with the legal system. I mean, there's lots of problems, like how the laws are written, how they're enforced, mandatory minimum sentencing. There's all kinds of things you know we could complain about about the about the police system and the penal system, and um, and it, it's not very efficient. And I, what, what Kyle and I were talking about is how, at least in the old days, the social rules were so powerful that you didn't need police to do things, um, lots of things, because the society, society did it for you. So if somebody broke the rules, let's say they you know, did something, uh, whatever, they, they cheated on their wife, they're going to be a pariah. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to talk to them, and they're going to, it's going to take them a long time to earn any respect back. They're going to pay for it, yeah. And nobody has to do it. Society just does that when people obey the rules, when people agree on what's civil and what's noble and what we want, you know, to encourage our kids to become. We set these standards, and anybody who breaks them is 
a naughty a naughty boy, Kyle. Naughty boy indeed. And that doesn't seem to be happening anymore. Society is afraid. Right? There's you can't punish kids in school. Remember that went away. They used yeah. to used to paddle you. Yeah. Now they can't touch you. They had the paddle there as a threat when I was in school. And, and I, I don't think anyone ever got paddled anymore, but yeah, dude. Not anymore. Now it's like, uh, I don't know. I feel like um, kids are like encouraged to, you know, I don't know, just like not um, play by the rules, you know? Absolutely. They just like think that they can operate however they want to. I don't know. So what? This is a this is a risky example. Like blocking off traffic. Yeah, yeah. This is a risky example, but l- let's take an inner city example where you got young uh, boys committing lots of violence and crime. That that happens all over the country. Um, most of that crime happens between the ages of like twelve and twenty five. Like that's the kind of the group. And if you look at the inner city, you're seeing tons of black kids. Getting yeah. getting uh, arrested, mm-hmm. uh, getting in trouble, getting thrown in jail. Well, now now in like in, a, in New York, you know, they, they get arrested, but then they just get released, which is weird. Um, but you got this situation, and what I'm saying is, it wasn't always like that, you know. And if we're going to talk about this, if we're going to say like you know, in the black community, it wasn't always like this. Um, the question is, society plays a role in governing that behavior. And there's a breakdown of that's happened. I don't know wh- where it happened, but it's happened. In the inner city, it seems way worse of a problem than in the suburbs, let's say. Yeah. So there's a difference there. And it seems to me like it's a social difference, that there's social policing that's happening in the suburbs that's not happening in the city. I have ideas about what that is. Um, most, mostly it has to do with where the fathers are. But what do you think about that? You, you think that if society was doing what it, what it was doing in the 50s, in the 40s, that um, those uh, kids wouldn't be doing what they're doing. We wouldn't have skyrocketing crime. We wouldn't have people's cars getting broken into and their tires stolen and getting, getting robbed. And you wouldn't see that nonsense. Not as much. And you wouldn't need the police to take so much risk to go out and govern and, and make those communities safe because dads and grandpas and uncles would be beating some asses and setting some standards. Something like that. Yep. Am I off base? No, I, I like that. Um, I think that a lot of people would say that that opens the door for like tribal justice. You know what I mean? Um, That's what family is. Yeah, I mean. It's supposed to be. Family is outside of the law. It it literally is outside of the law within reason. Within the walls of this house, uh, this is something I I heard from, I don't know if it was, uh, maybe it was Jordan Peterson, but inside the walls of these house, there is no free speech. Yeah. And I fucking make the rules here. If my kids think they can say what they want, they have another thing coming. In the United States, out there, you can say what you want. But in here, this is the United States of Chris. I'm the president. <laughs> I'm the emperor. I'm the king. I'm Michael Jackson, and you're Tito. Yeah, true. Uh, I, I mean, that's how I feel, too. Um, but, I don't know, if you started saying, like, particularly vile things, I'm not saying that this is how I feel, but... I can see a scenario in which your neighbors are like, okay, we're going to, like, kick you out, you know? Yeah. Or, like, do something to shut you up. Put some kind of pressure on you to get you to stop being an sure. asshole. Sure, Yeah. And can you imagine, like, uh, you know what, man? I had a friend. Do you remember, uh, well, I don't want to use names, but I had a friend named Chris. Lived in the neighborhood. 
And one time when we were little, um, there was another friend, Ryan, flying Ryan, who lived in the cul-de-sac right by Chris's house. And I went to Chris's house and he wasn't home or wasn't allowed to play at the moment. So I went to Ryan's house and then Chris found out that I, that I went to Ryan's house rather than waiting on him or what something. And he was, he was mad. He was mad at me. Right. That dude didn't talk to me for like two weeks. And when I would go to his house and say, Hey man, you know, can, can Chris come out and play? And he would be like, you know, to his mom, Tell him no. Tell him I can't come. He punished me for weeks. Damn. He just said, look, I'm, I'll be bored at home to make sure that this guy never treats me that way again. I remember that, dude. I, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, I encountered some real shit that day. And that guy was playing 3D chess, and I was like a 10-year-old kid. Like, what in the fuck? Uh, point is, that, that well, where was I going with that? That's the kind of thing that's missing. That, that's what social pressure is like. Yeah. It's a punishment. It doesn't need force. It doesn't need cops. It doesn't need guns. It's it's the most effective force in changing behavior. It's having limited, limiting your social um, access. You know, and that sounds weird, man. It sounds like social social credit scores and all that. You know, all that um, kind of end of the world shit that that they're doing in China. But you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's. But it's not the in China the the government is yeah says, it's like a natural thing yeah. so but it's hard to yeah I don't know it's hard I think it's hard to make a point against that you know what I mean yeah I think so um, oh I mean I, I can definitely see arguments that people might make like what do you do when it that kind of pressure is not enough you know what I mean yeah what do you do at that point. Um, then, you, then you can bring in the government. Then you can bring in the I government. Guess so, even then, I, I'm skeptical. But that's what that's what happens. Like if you have somebody like um, Jeffrey Dahmer or something. Yeah. You know, he's going around breaking the rules, and he's doing. He's finding a way to get out of that social uh, pressure. Right. He he's a loner. He you know he doesn't he doesn't need society for anything other than for human flesh you know uh, the, the head motion you, you did you did that dude. you got to bring you got to bring the FBI in you know you got to bring the FBI in yeah yeah FBI is probably needed um, for the case of Jeffrey Dahmer yeah yeah <laughs> uh, is that the first Dahmer reference in the podcast I think so maybe I think so yeah probably not um, he was from Ohio. Yeah, really? Yeah, dude. A lot of people from Ohio, man. A lot of crazy people from Ohio. More presidents you know, from Ohio, Ohio than any other state. Yeah. You know, Ohio has a bad reputation in the United States. Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't either. What's, what's the bad reputation? What do they, how do they, I, I realize that most people think Ohio is a bunch of farms and cows and stuff, which is nonsense, but. I mean, you know, it's not. It's not nonsense. It's not not But you know true. what, but you know what, it's that way in New York. Sure, yeah. You know, agreed. It's, it's that way in California. You know, that's what fucking wine country is, guys. Yeah. Um, what were you going to say about Ohio being? Uh, no, I was just, I, I was going to agree with you. I don't really, I, I love Ohio. Dude, Ohio's great. Yeah. If you want, if you want to live in a, in a rejuvenizing industrial city, Cleveland is an awesomely cool place. If you want to live in a modern metropolis, Columbus is an awesomely cool place a modern metropolis eh? well you know it's like they have very progressive um laws there they have uh they have um just all sorts of things that would attract 
I don't know what, what to call them, that would attract a certain type of person. You know, it's like, you know, modern art and, you know, the really good public transportation. You're talking and, about gay people. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and, then, and then Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati is this, uh, this old town on the river, you know. Uh, it's got a lot of cool, cool charm. I, I have less to say about Cincinnati that's positive than I do about Columbus and Cleveland. But there's some gems in Cincinnati. Uh, they, they, got a, they got an art museum that's way up on top of this hill. In this community that looks like San Francisco, like all these old Victorian houses built on these hills, these steep That's hills. Cool. It's a cool fucking place. Um, you know, and we have, you know, we have one of the top three best college football teams in the country. You know, we have we have a professional hockey team, two professional football teams, yeah, professional you know, everything. professional basketball teams. We have, uh, you know the great lake we have erie we have uh you know the cleveland clinic we have all kinds of institutions that are world renowned mm-hmm. nationwide children's hospital we have lots of cool shit here yeah man cedar point cedar point <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no nah, yeah i love ohio and the southern part of the state is beautiful hilly um we have a little bit of that uh, right across Kind of the mid, like the middle to the eastern part of the state, which is like coming over from Pennsylvania. Those those hills, like o- like over there in um, Massillon and places like that. Um, I'm trying to remember, yeah, man, Worcester, places like that. We got some we got some beautiful country here. Yeah, man, the Cleveland Metro Parks. I don't know. I haven't been to a lot of other like state parks, um, but. From what I hear from people who have, Cleveland has great metro parks. Yeah. And just from my own experience, Cleveland's metro parks are beautiful. Yeah. Not, not to mention all the cool Native American stuff here, like Serpent, Serpent Mound, Mound and yeah, yeah. like the Fort Ancient Earthworks. And all, yeah, we got some cool shit here. Yeah, man. Football Hall of Fame. Rock and Roll Hall of Rock Fame. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, man. This this has been an advertisement for, for Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> Move here. Um I would, part of me would like to move out of Ohio someday, though. Yeah, I don't blame you. Where would you go? I like Tennessee a lot. Tennessee, yeah. I don't, I don't blame you, man. That's a I beautiful like place. A lot. Tennessee's way prettier than Ohio. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we've talked about this before, but seeing mountains is like, I don't know. It's a, it put, it's a, a whole mood seeing mountains, mm. you know? Like it really puts you in some kind of a perspective. That's true. And they're beautiful. Mm. Um, and I feel like people who are around mountains all the time might come to Lake Erie and be like, holy shit, that's a big ass lake, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but they see the mountains all the time. So they're like, and you know, like you literally see the lake all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm over it. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that it was lake. the most beautiful thing. It still is. Like we, yeah. when you came over on Friday and we, we watched the sun go down, we, you know, the lake was so pretty. It's gorgeous, but I like don't give it the time anymore because I see it every day. Yeah, but if you drove down to like Pigeon Forge, you'd be like, Whoa. yes. It's funny because you know what you're talking about with the mountains. I know what you mean. It, there is a way it makes you feel, and it reminds me of the way a beach makes you feel. If you ever go to uh, like a, a beach community, you know, if you go to the islands or if you go to yeah. Florida, wherever. Uh, it's just like laid back and slower paced and p- people are more cheerful, you know, especially if you're like on vacation, obviously. But but there's something about a beach that feels a certain way. And I think it may be similar because the ocean is so impressive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Beach. The beach just like even if you're not on vacation, you're on the beach. So you, you're on the beach. You're man. like you might as well be on vacation. <laughs> yeah. There's something to that. Uh, I, I've never been to the desert, but I, I bet you the desert is something like that, too. Yeah. You know? scorpions out there though yeah all you need is black lights though you can see them 
Gila monsters. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> God, it's a crazy Cacti. shit out there. Cacti. Uh, I saw this video um, of these young uh, African-American gentlemen, uh, and they were outside of, like, a club or something in Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island. And there's this group of, like, four dudes, and one of them is, like, he's smaller, and he's out in front, and he's talking shit to this, like, big black fella. Oh, God. You know? Um, and he, like, he's, like, waving a T-shirt at him. He, like, jumps in. He's, like, talking shit. Like, he's, like, you got 100 pounds on me. Um, and then he, like, starts this fight. And he, like, backs out of it. He, like, he, he lets his friends go in and do the fighting. Oh, God. And these two, it, it's, I'll have to show you the video. The two guys, like, the big guy and his, you know, fighting partner, uh, it looks to me like they f- have fought together before because <laughs> they have, like, they had it down to a science and they, dude, it was a brutal fight. Oh, God. So the, there's this big guy and he just starts, like, swinging. Like, and he, you can tell that he knows how to, like, fight, too. Like, he's not, like, blind. He knows what he's doing. Uh, and so these people react to this big guy swinging at them. And while they're, like, moving, the other guy who's, like, smaller but very athletic, he, like, attacks them as they're like going out oh, shit. and he catches this guy like he basically sucker punches this guy he's not like they're not like squared up at all he just catches this guy and he falls down and he hits his head on the ground Ooh! and then the big dude goes over and like stomps on his head oh no yeah dude it's like uh it's a fucked up video um See that's another thing that's, the, an, that's another line that people seem comfortable crossing that 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 they wouldn't have before. I wish we could like play that video. I mean, it's a no, no, no. It's yeah. a, we don't have to, but like in the future, we sh- I, I, we got to find a way to do that kind Jesus, of stuff. Jesus, man, Jesus. But um, like that, the line between like where that that fight stopped being, excuse me, just like a normal fight, and that like I that might have been murder. That dude might be dead. Yeah. Um, it's like the stop, man. <laughs> like like it, until then. Even the sucker punch is a little out of line, but... Listen, man, if you get into a confrontation like that and you can't get out of it and it comes to violence like that and you won, the guy's on the ground, he's not getting up. Why are you stomping on his head? Like, is there there's a certain kind of person that just wants to? Yeah. Or or is it that, that nobody, that the sacredness of life is gone? People don't think about life being sacred and so they, it's just something that can be stomped out. Like, I don't... I, I, Honestly, even with a threat of of prison, which is a serious fucking threat, there, what is what's going on? Where somebody would, having won that fight, would just insult to injury in a fucking deadly way. Yeah, this dude was like obviously. So if you if you punch a guy in the face, if like you you have a genuine altercation going, and a guy is making you feel like you're he's going to attack you, so you punch him in the face. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with that. No. Um. And if that guy falls down and, like, starts getting back up, like, he's going to come after you again. If you kick him in the head, he's still trying to come after yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, that is not how it was. This guy was fucking out cold on the ground, not moving at all. Possibly already dead, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe not dead in that moment, but possibly going to die. And this guy comes over and stomps on his head, walks away, comes back, and kicks him in the head. 
Jesus. Yeah, and I think he does it. I think he kicked him in the head again towards the end of the video. The video is crazy, dude. What, you got to watch it. There is so much going on in that video. Jesus. Was the guy that did this head stomping, was he a, a grown man? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And he, like I said, him and that other guy seemed like they had fought together before. I don't know if they're, like, out kicking people's ass on a regular basis. Um, but they had this other, this white dude who was with him, and he was, like, you could tell that he was, like, um, trying to control the situation, but not in, like, a, a respectable way. He was, like, once once he that guy stomped on his head, he, the white guy was, like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. You know, like, we can't be here um, or you're going to go to prison, basically. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. It's, I'm telling you, dude, that video is, like, fucked up, but, uh, it, like, uh, just interesting as hell. There's so, so much at play in it. Do you think if people had religion like they used to, you know, decades ago, that that would still happen? Probably. To be honest with you, yeah. Maybe in the name of the religion. Who knows? Mm, yeah, I could see that. Jesus, man. It's a sad, sad state of affairs. Yeah, but I just try not to think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> so you going to church today? Uh, Yeah, probably. Get out of here. Go to church. I probably will. I think. I think we'll see what happens. Well, my my family is going to be gone. So, um, but anyway, yeah. Um, and then that, that church thing is that's just going to become a regular thing for you, or it already has become a regular thing for it's you. It's become a more regular thing. Um, I, I mean, I love my mom and their church, uh, but I don't like love the church you know what I'm yeah. saying it's not like the ideal kind of church that I would be going to what's your favorite part about it um, or the best part about it currently at this church is just like hanging out with my family okay. just you know just yeah. another what's the worst part about it um it doesn't feel very sacred uh, I see it doesn't feel um What's what's the best way to describe this without? Because I don't want to be insulting either. Like it where it's it works for them and that's good. Yeah, I don't feel moved. Mm, I got you. Um, and they there's also I would say kind of a lack of respect. Um, if not for the deity uh, that you were worshiping, uh, for just like the attitude and the other people who were there potentially worshiping. Um, like phones going off, shit like that. Uh, yeah. Um, kids like that should be in in the kindergarten school, like running around like with a motorcycle making <laughs> oh, vroom, vroom noises yeah. during the service. Like, yeah. I mean, come on. So what? <laughs> so that's definitely not something that would have been allowed when I was a kid Fuck in the no. sanctuary. So what do you think? What do you think's changed that the, that the the old people and the young people alike just let that happen? Nobody, nobody's nobody's parenting anymore. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I don't, I think that the old people just want there to be people there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they yeah. don't want to like crack the whip. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to drive people away. I wonder how long churches will be around in this I, country. I'm a fan of driving people away. <laughs> fucking break out the whip, dude. Get, yeah. Like get the fuck out of here. Yep. If you're, you know. You got to really want to be here. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's true. Yeah, um, that's why the, that's why the Jews actively discourage people from converting. So if you if you try to convert to to Judaism, other Jews will actively 
Like it's part of it. They're actively going to tell you it's a bad idea. You shouldn't do it. You don't need to do it. You know, they just constantly try yeah. to get you not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't really know that. Yeah. 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 Huh. So I have that in common with the Jews. Yep. I do. I think that uh, on some level, like something like that, something that is sacred, you need to have some kind of respect for it. And you need to have respect for the people who are there, you know, participating in that. You know, you shouldn't be allowing yourself or the the children who are in your charge to like take them out of that, you know? I don't know. Well, just, there's you know, like historically, if you had a religious service ceremony, whatever, kids weren't like initiated. So mm-hmm. they, they, they weren't allowed to be there because they couldn't understand what was going on anyway. It's just like if I'm taking communion and I understand that to mean I'm, you know, transubstantiating the body and blood of Christ. Kids, a five-year-old kid doesn't know, have any idea. So yeah. he shouldn't be there. And, you know, like in the in classical times, if you were doing a you know, religious ritual like that, the kids were not fucking there, man. Yeah. You know, and some of those rituals were terrible. Human sacrifice, sexual orgies. <laughs> they were all kinds of things, you know. Yeah. It's too... Not a place for kids. Too pretty big extremes there well you say that but every sacrifice and orgies you know yeah but every sunday you you cannibalize the body of christ no no i'm talking about those two things (laughs) oh (laughs) like it's like human sacrifice and orgies it's like very but that's interesting the fact that if you think about what religious practices are they're they're always something counter cultural they're always something that you can't do that you don't see ordinarily and you know orgiastic rituals um you know ecstatic dances that last you know for fucking four days like they do in africa that kind of stuff is just outside way outside of the norm that's why i think christianity is having kind of a resurgence right now Mm. like Uh, a more conservative type of christianity because it's countercultural at this point. That's interesting. It hasn't been countercultural since the first century. Yeah. <laughs> it's like um, we've accepted this, what we were talking about before, that progressive liberalism um, oh. religion. Yeah. So now being a conservative Christian is like, whoa, you're a Nazi. <laughs> That's kind of interesting because there's always an appeal to the counterculture. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, they're fueling. The fire of the thing that they hate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Hegelian dialectic, you know. Um, the culture uh, becomes a, uh, a certain prevailing culture, and then you have this little spark of counterculture that will, will it'll, it'll uh, yeah, smolder, you know. And then uh, after enough time and the right circumstances, it will start to get larger and start to compete with that, with that prevailing culture, and then it'll take it over. And the whole process starts over again. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. It is interesting. It's like the culture adapting, evolving the same way that human you know uh, biological creatures evolve. You know and adapt. It's weird. It is weird. It's weird, man. Adapt and overcome. No mercy, no surrender. Uh, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> <laughs> What else you got, man? I don't got anything else, really. To mm. be with. Well, the only thing I had was the the last podcast that I did. I told you to listen to is that this guy that I've been reading called Steiner, Rudolf Steiner. Yeah. And I was telling you about this the other day, but he's an occultist, and I didn't hate it, and I thought I would hate it. I thought I would be able to write it off, and this was like the best book I could have picked to begin with because it's so similar to Jung that I was like, oh. 
this is great. And it's got me interested because I did an episode on a guy named Manuel Swedenborg, who was a, he's a mystic, but he's sort of in a, you know, on the lines of an occult type of guy too. And there's another guy, Meister Eckhart, which is, that might be something that you would like because he's this. I've he's, heard of that guy before. Well, he's a, a Christian uh, mystic, a Christian mystic. Yeah. And he, he says some very interesting shit. Point is, I think that my solo episodes are, are going to have a little foray into that area. So we did a little bit. Um, Daniel Torden and I talked about Hermeticism, and that's along the same lines. And, uh, and then we did Swedenborg. And uh, when I did Sir Humphrey Davy, which I'm pointing to the book, when I did Sir Humphrey Davy, uh, that was kind of along the same lines too. So I think I'm going to take a little foray into this stuff that I that I ordinarily would have brushed off. Oh. I don't know how deep I want to go, but I think the mystical overlap between occultism and religion that has this little mystical overlap that I like. And I'm going to focus on that and see where that takes me. Um, a guy I met at the zoo, an old man I met at the zoo, okay. told me to read a book by this guy named Israel Regarde, who was apparently a pupil of Aleister Crowley or follow, followed Aleister Crowley. And that, again, even that name, Aleister Crowley or Madame Blavatsky, I would just I would just immediately write that stuff off because it makes me think of like automatic writing, you know, people, yeah. people that do that. Or seances. Describe auto, automatic writing. So people would get, get it, go into a trance, who claim that they can go into a trance, and then spirits or aliens or whatever will 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 speak through them in this trance. So they kind of they kind of become a portal between one world and then another, and then some other spirit will take a hold of their body and they will write things. And if you see it, it's like somebody's st- sitting at a table and their eyes are closed, and they just really quickly are just writing you know it's ridiculous yeah. and then it's like oh what did you write it's all about like, what happened to Atlantis it's all here in this book you know that's the kind of shit I'm like get the fuck out of here yeah. you know and uh, but the point is it's not all like that and even this this guy Rudolf Steiner who talks about being clairvoyant immediately you say that word I'm like nope Listen, next but he he talks about it in a way and I, I don't know if I can do justice to it because I'm still pretty jaded about it all but he talks about how when you when you uh, start to practice these mystical exercises you start to practice these like mental and emotional exercises it has a lot to do with controlling your emotions and um uh like um generating calm and serenity and 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 yourself it's very meditative and eastern sounding um what was it going with this Drumming. Steiner. Um, but the point is, if you practice this stuff, you can become clairvoyant. This is what he says. But what he means by clairvoyant is weird. He says that you, that eventually you'll start to see auras, which is another thing I would write off. But but the thing is, you hear about that, uh, it's called chi in China. And then you hear about it in, it's called prana in India. And people will say that they can see a, a halo of color around creatures and human beings. And I immediately, I don't, I don't want to give it any credence, because I, I, I've never seen it, and I think it's probably hokum. But the fact that it's it's multicultural, you can see it in, uh, in lots of places. And this guy talks about it, I'm like, okay, what, is, what does he mean? He's like, when, once you get tapped into this certain emotional and, um, he calls it super physical, the spiritual um, faculties, once you start to develop them, you'll see auras, you'll experience emotions differently, um, you'll... 
you'll start to think about yourself more as like a third person. Like you don't connect with your body so much anymore. You become more of a spiritual being, something like that. And that eventually you learn to see things that aren't, that other people don't see in the world and to hear things other people don't hear. And it's not clear what that means. It's like you've developed these senses that other people don't have. And the best way he can describe it is to call it something like spiritual sight, spiritual you know, hearing. I don't really know what it means. But then you learn what he calls, I can't remember what, exactly what he calls it, but it's like a mystery language. That when you, once, you, once you have these senses developed, that you will begin to read the world and be able to speak in a spiritual language. And it all sounds weird. I, I totally understand. But it's not what I pictured when he said clairvoyant. I didn't mm. picture that. You're picturing like um, like Miss Cleo? I pictured Miss Cleo. Yeah. Yes. Call me. Call me. <laughs> yes. I pictured I pictured fucking somebody reading your fortune, somebody telling you your future, somebody touching the lines on your hands and their eyes rolling back in their head. Yeah. I, I didn't picture... Crystal ball. Yes. Yeah. I didn't picture this guy walking around in his ordinary life and being in a different place than we are, even though it's the same place that we are. It's, it's enriched with this other dimension that we can't observe, but you can be trained to observe. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I want to know if there's something to it. And I, and I don't know that I would have even given it that level of consideration had it not been so close to Young. He talks like Young talks, and I fucking love that it's guy. It's funny because when you were talking about the automatic writing, mm-hmm. I kind of thought that that sound not exactly but in some ways it sounds like that uh that technique that young does with active the, imagination yeah, yeah. it's like similar you know it is it is it is and i'll tell you what man if the stuff that came out of the automatic writing was more symbolic the way that young's was i might take it more seriously but it was very literal it was very literal it was like um i'm just remembering blavatsky the this lady this theosophist lady and um and i could be if anybody's like in the know about this or maybe mad at me because I don't really know it that well but I have heard that that what has come out of this automatic writing is stuff like I just described to you like the history of Atlantis yeah and um and not just spirits speaking through people but but alien beings from other worlds and yeah. describing other worlds it's like that's what L. Ron Hubbard did how can you ever disprove that you know uh so it just you know it's like you know, it, to me, it sounds like somebody's trying to get attention. They're creative and they're smart, but they're trying to get attention, and uh, you know, it doesn't seem authentic. Yeah. But this guy, Rudolf Steiner, comes across as authentic. And the, the thing that sold me on it, his authenticity, is that he keeps saying over and over again in the in the book that you can only find this connection to higher worlds, is what he calls it. You can only find this f- capability in yourself, and nobody can teach you to do it. You you. You have to seek it in yourself and figure it out. And you and only you can do that. And when he's telling me that, I'm like, this guy's never started a church. Yeah. He has no desire to have control over people because he's telling you over and over and over again, I can't help you with this. You got to do this on your own. And so he's talking like a holy person would talk, but doesn't want your money and doesn't want your and, and it can't offer you help. And I just that makes to me, it makes it sound more authentic, genuine. Yeah, I agree with you um, that, well, I was going to say that I think if somebody is, you know, 
that dedicated. Um, I don't know, even know if dedicated is the right word, but that person who is like, I don't want your commitment. I don't need, you know, um, you have to do this on your own. I'm just telling you um, that I was going to say that that person is easier to trust. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel like those kind of people are just like, you know, they could be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they're, you know, like a charlatan. A huckster. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's the danger of that, but. Yeah, but if he's not asking you for anything. I guess that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, if he's really legitimately not asking for anything. And the difference between Steiner and Young is that Steiner claims that he's telling you what um, an ancient tradition of occultism has taught. He's oh. like, I'm telling you what they did in ancient Greece. Um, Young was inventing it from scratch. He he made up active active imagination. He he figured out what was what was going to allow him okay. to to tap into the unconscious. So it's interesting to think that there might be a tradition that goes back to like the mystery religions of ancient you know Greece, yeah, and you know Mesopotamia. So I don't know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep reading a little bit. I did one episode on it already. I'm gonna do a part two to finish this one up, and then I'll move on to maybe I'll move on to Meister Eckhart or somebody else. Crazy that guy had a very successful professional wrestling career. <laughs> yeah, crazy legacy family, you know. Yeah, man, shout out to Matthew. <laughs> well, I guess that's it. Anything else? Um, no, I don't really have anything else. All right. Well, I do like your shirt, and Thanks, uh, you know, hopefully, <laughs> I like your shirt too. Go yeah. Bucks. Oh, All right, guys. That's a uh, that's a wrap. I O. Well, there you have it. That's one avenue explored, but infinitely more still to go. I hope you enjoyed thinking along with us. I know, I know. It's not easy work. Thinking. It's hard and full of uncertainties, but I'm grateful for the company as we trek through this together. Here's to hoping that the juice is worth the squeeze. See what I did there? Let's find out together in the next episode. <laughs>